talks about passion between a woman and a man. Chris Dyer and his creative friends, darling. Ooh, 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 Just so you know, you gotta represent your Chris Dyer sticker. Hi, welcome back to Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. I'm your host, Chris Dyer, your artist friend. And in this show, this beautiful YouTube podcast show, I interview some of my great artist friends and uh, pick at their brain and the creative process. Today, I'm interviewing my good old friend, Auresha who is, uh, you know, lives in Montreal, but we learn a lot about her and her roots. And uh, we've known each other for many years. And uh, she's always working really hard on music. She's one of the most passionate people that I know. And uh, I'm really always inspired to see her fire and going out there doing her soul expression. And, uh, you know, other than traveling and being an activist and a beautiful person. So how are you doing, Arisha? So, so great to be here on your podcast and thank you so much for what a lovely, um, like, introduction. Yeah, thank you. no thank problem. You. Thank you. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having us over in your lovely uh, studio here in the Mountainland of Montreal. I like for this. sure, You're yeah. close to the mountain, huh? Yeah, I love, I love it. That's one of the reasons why I, I, I'm here because I, I can kind of escape into nature a little bit yeah i don't hang out too much in the mao land but it is cool it's just so mega hipster that yeah. it kind of like i just don't <laughs> it's not really my, my super my vibe yeah but yeah, yeah. if you have the mountain a couple blocks away that's that's like, that's really why i moved here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Just, and all know. the little cute stores that are pa and all that stuff yeah right well yeah. you know we're in the city so any chance for nature is always uh appreciated mm. so let's start at the beginning how we met because i feel oh like how we met was like very synchronistic <laughs> and beautiful yeah do you want to tell her should i tell it like um, well, do you remember well okay well, i'll tell my side and you can yeah so i went tree planting for the first time it was my very first time tree planting i had no idea what to expect i heard stories and so i arrive on site and it was really like a lot more hardcore than i expected but i made friends with um this girl Carol really went right away and we had our tents next to each other and then one day I wake up and then there's Chris Dyer and uh yeah he was like super good vibes we connected right away pretty much yeah and like you were doing your art and I was doing my music and we kind of like had this remember where it was it was in Manitoba Manitoba Swan River okay wow Swan, Swan River yeah good memory. it was my first contract so I got there kind of late you, you know? that you were late that's yeah, why it yeah. was my third season of tree planting and Car Car Caroline my girlfriend at the time this beautiful dreadlock lady uh, went first because I had to finish I think I had to graduate or something and okay. then just go straight there so I yeah. got there like a day late and when I got there she was already hanging out with you yeah, so yeah. we were a little crew once we arrived that's I think it. you got fired or like did I get fired you uh, left before we, we went to the next contract and the bosses were like oh they let me go yeah yeah I didn't make the cut for the second that's okay I was over it I was really over it by the end of it but I actually went to another company mm -hmm. and uh, I felt like it was a bit 
better. Right. It was like VC. What was the really company? Beautiful. Was it Coast Range? Or? No. It was, well, the one that we were with was Coast Range. Okay. Yeah. Not a not the it's best. It's kind of corporate. But you know, it's tree yeah. planting. Tree slave planting. labor, man, like slave labor. Well, tree planting has a good <laughs> uh, intention, and when you think yes. like, oh, they're planting that's... trees, but it also has negative aspects, right? Yeah, that's why I, I wanted to do it. I, I really wanted to give back to the environment, and I don't know. I have some views about it now, but that I learned like after being in a little bit in the forest industry, and then I did some firefighting and stuff like that too. But, oh yeah, how yeah. was firefighting? Oh my gosh, that was hardcore forest firefighting. It was when there were crazy fires in uh, BC and they were calling all sorts of people to like help with the front lines and so I decided okay yeah let's do it and I just did my tree planting season and uh, it was it was intense like um, were you in danger there was one day when when like the like we were kind of trying to save this mountain and it was about the fire was already a bit more than halfway going up because fires travel up and so we would drive around and then we get to the parts where the green was and like the the fire was kind of climbing and we would like wet it down. We would like water it down and there'd be like Pulaski's and there would be like tree fallers. Well, first tree assessors, tree fallers, and then like the people that move the trees. And then by the time you get to it, sometimes we waited a long time. So it was a lot, a lot more bureaucratic, but, um, So what are you doing? Just like pouring water on so, trees or well, buckets? Well, we or? had, no, we had like tanks, like hoses. Um, and then someone would have a Pulaski and we would like dig the ground. Cause a lot of it was like coming from the roots and stuff and like fire travels underneath. So, Whoa. Mostly that's how fire travels is underneath. Through the roots yeah, trees. or through wind, it candles trees to trees. So like one day it was super windy and we were like fighting like the fire, like and it was the wind was blowing it and then like literally we we're all the front lines and the fire jumped from one side of us to the other side of the road. And that's when we had to evacuate. And it was really scary because it's hot, like in helicopter styles? No, we drove, but uh, it was I I remember being like a bit worried. Yeah. But that's an exciting job. It was exciting, yeah. 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 I, I wish I would have done it. I won't do it again. Bit. It was a bit hard on the lungs. Like, honestly, I think yeah. I, I felt like I smoked like 20 packs of cigarettes a day. It was the worst thing ever for my lungs. But wow. even with the mask and all that stuff. But yeah, so yeah it was a very interesting experience. And uh, I'm glad I got to experience it and be a part of it. But, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So back to when we met. Okay, yeah. So we went tree planting. You moved on. And then I went hitchhiking. And I get back to Montreal. And all of a sudden, when I get back to Montreal, you were friends with all my friends. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know, like she, you were working at Gelet, this uh, oh, head yeah. shop on, yeah, yeah. on Duluth Street. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you were friends with my roommates and all the friends. And I was like, so how does Aresia, who is from Edmonton, you know, all the time live in Montreal. And not only she's in Montreal, but she's actually friends with all my friends. Like, is this synchronicity or is she like creeping on me? And, <laughs> <What>? like, <laughs> and like trying to become my friends through the back end of it. But it's just, just, right? it was just synchronicity. I really honestly didn't even think about it. I was just, I, could, I felt like, yeah, like there was just this connection with the artist music scene and mm -hmm. our crew, eco crew kind of. I uh, think we're vibes. probably just from the same uh, group of souls. Sub tri same tribe, yeah. 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 And then we were just meant to be friends. I know, right? That was and, so Yeah, cool. we were friends ever since. Yeah. Uh, we lived together for a moment. You, 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 we lived together? Remember the shed in the backyard? Well, you were back? squatting at my place. No, I paid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I paid some money for that yeah. that that, that okay. room there. I had the there room. There were just so many people that summer. Was there was a lot of squatters. I yeah. remember. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. A summer. I'm not gonna put uh, uh, years. 
Out of your there was no there was no heater there, so like I had to move out by October. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was by La Fontaine <laughs> Park, and we were like a hippie house, and everybody was welcome to crash wherever yeah. you want. And I was doing art; I didn't care. More people, more fun. That was like <laughs> oh old school hippie vibes. Oh we got kicked out of that apartment, so <laughs> yeah, that was very. Uh, my I just remember life. having coffee in the park, like just going across the street and just bringing the coffee. And Parc La Fontaine, because we were right across the street, so that was nice. Yeah, no, yeah. well, whenever you're around Parc La Fontaine, it's beautiful. <clears throat> so another synchronicity that I have with you is yeah. that on my first ayahuasca ceremony uh -huh. in the jungle of Peru, oh. I was with Herbert, my shaman, and he's introducing me to ayahuasca. And one of the, uh, there was only two other people in that ceremony. It was a very small ceremony. Wow. It was like me and uh, my ex-wife. Uh, Valerie, who was not drinking because she's too sensitive, and then two other girls. One girl mm -hmm. from L.A., one girl from Argentina. Mm -hmm. The one from Argentina was like deep in the state. She was like having orgasms with some disembodied entities and channeling the medicine. Like Ayahuasca was wow. talking to me through her, like addressing me, being like, hey, Chris, don't worry. You will get these paintings done. Don't stress out. Yeah. Like, like I was like, holy shit. Like how is Ayahuasca talking to me through this wow. random woman? But at the end of that ceremony, we realized that she knew you and, you know, that she'd already hanged out with you in Colombia or something. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, Arisha knows everybody, you no, know, I'm in the middle of the like jungle you, of Peru yeah. and, you know, she, she knows the that is, people. That here. is pretty, pretty epic, pretty cute. Yeah. yeah. She's sweet. She's really sweet. What was her name? I forgot her name now. Uh, it's been like, it was 2012, right? I have her in my... 2013. Yeah. 2013. Yeah. But yeah, sweet oh, girl, very beautiful, I'm so bad with names. and yeah. uh, you know, very. Uh, she was a nice. great singer too. She was. Yeah. We were jamming and stuff. Yeah, she was a totally. Cool singer. Herbert always likes to have all these uh, <clears throat> beautiful uh, female singers compliment. He, he invited me out there when I was yeah. in Peru, like uh, cool. when I did my world tour in 2012. Actually, okay. we were was talking I was like oh maybe and then I never made it. I didn't have time to like he loves collaborating go. with other musicians mm -hmm. and he's got his studio in his home so mm -hmm. he's got like this giant mixer board of, wow yeah. yeah yeah he was showing me some of his music he I will be something. I will be interviewing him when I go to Peru at the end of the month nice and uh, yeah I can't wait to see Beautiful. him I haven't seen him since last year so let's get into the to the music. Yeah. You're, a, you're a musician, right? Yeah, that's my passion my calling in life I think yeah tell me a little yeah. bit about it when did you start what's Oof. it all about well, I've always loved singing. Like I've always been into music, and it's like I think even my dad told me because my dad sings and my mom plays piano and my dad plays accordion too. Um, he would always sing around the house, and uh, I would like start humming as like a baby or toddler. And then like when I was three, like they told me that I was like singing songs, and they would have like dinner parties with their friends, and like um, they would ask me, they would like have a few drinks, and be like, oh, we'd get me to sing, you know? So. I really enjoyed it at a young age and like as I grew up I realized I had a gift um, and because I was called to sing like leads in school from like kindergarten to church stuff um, and then I was in choir for many years like well from 7 till 13 I was in choir or 6 to 13 so I was in two different choirs. One and this is all in, in Alberta? This is all in Alberta yeah I grew up in Edmonton. Um, so I was in like the little Colombian choir and then I was in a Ukrainian choir after. So I kind of grew up with both cultures, but I grew up in a lot of Ukrainian music. Like growing up, I didn't really know English music. Like mm -hmm. A lot of like accordion, kind of festive, like a lot of harmonies and stuff like that. So I think it's influenced my music. And then when I was 16, I got my, I took piano for many years too. Growing up, my parents put me in classical piano training. So I did that. And then when I was 16, I really um, fell in love with the guitar. I got my first guitar and I started like writing like, 
that's when I really started writing like crazy. Mm -hmm. So I really fell in love. I started practicing like, I don't know, maybe up to 10 hours a day sometimes. That's that maybe that was a little extreme, but like a couple times maybe. And then, and then I ended up traveling with my guitar and just like playing, you know, for tips and um, started writing. And then I uh, traveled, then I met Chris tree planting and I uh, moved to Montreal. I fell in love with Montreal and I decided I'm going to move here and I actually have never left. So it's definitely home and I love it. I love it here. I love the culture. I love the music scene too. Nice. What do you, what, what do you like about Montreal? Why make it a home uh, and not move somewhere else? You know what? I didn't plan on staying here. I was just like, I wanted, I just, when I got, first got here and I was traveling, I actually hitchhiked across Canada and I, I came to Montreal and I was just like mind blown. Like it was no other place in Canada like it. I didn't know. I didn't know that it was so... The best kept secret. Irie and people are so nice and they're so fun and just iry. And I just felt like so at home here more than... Even though I didn't speak that much French, people, I just felt like really comfortable here. And I never really felt great living in Alberta. I always wanted to kind of leave. I never really felt like... It was my place. I didn't really belong there. So when well, I came, it's like I'm, it's like the corporate uh, province. It's very conservative of and it doesn't allow for a lot of eccentricity. And I'm I'm a pretty eccentric person. Not here. Here I'm like totally normal. But yeah. there, like <laughs> I was like really eccentric. And uh, yeah, so I came here and I fell. In, I just fell in love with it. I met some beautiful people and I said, man, I'm gonna come back here. So I I moved here like a year later and I didn't plan on staying, but I just love it. I love as as, as I stayed here. I just met a lot of people like friends like family like you and um the culture i just feel like it's it's always exciting there's always like new things happening and um music shows art just collaboration good vibes in the park there's always like still cheap enough for you yeah and it's like good affordable rent and uh nice. good you know where the good food spots are and yeah Beautiful. it doesn't break your budget I love montreal too i love yeah. asking that question so far like uh, all my first guests are here in montreal yeah and i love my city so i always like to see why you're they... from here you're from here yeah well i'm from peru you know but, but... i've lived here like 20 years yeah, so yeah i consider yeah. myself a montreal you went to school here though like in uh yeah i went to my third school like dawson but dawson, before that okay. i was in ottawa oh yeah okay yeah That's for right, like yeah. four years i was in ottawa yeah and before that i was in peru Right. But I love Montreal, so I always like to see why other people like fell in love with Montreal and, and decided to stay uh -huh. and make it a base. Yeah. But let's let's get back to the music. So when oh, yeah, so. so when did you start like say making it a, as a career and decided yeah. like I'm gonna make an album and what what, what was well, all, all that about? Yeah, yeah, it's always been in the back of my mind. I think to do an album since I started playing guitar and writing, I was like, oh, I want to make an album. It's my dream. And then after moving here, I kind of moved here my for school at first and I wanted to do the jazz program but I didn't get in and then I was like really bummed and then I was like oh man Lynn. but then it turned into a blessing because then I was like oh now I have time to do my album so I, that's when I really started immersing in my album your first self-titled my first self-titled album I think mm -hmm. it's right there yeah so yeah I began writing process um, I collaborated with David Lyons who's an amazing multi-instrumentalist and producer and he helped me a lot like it was a huge learning curve to do this first album so we co-produced it together and um, and it was fully reggae right it's full reggae yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. totally I, yeah I fell in love with reggae like Why in my reggae? teens I just started writing in reggae I don't know I just like I fell in love with it um, actually after, well my, I don't know if you, you don't know the story. I was in California. I was actually uh, hitchhiking, and I stumbled upon this reggae on the river festival. Okay. Yeah. And some guy was walking out, and I was just like at the gas station with the ride, and they were like, ah, "I can't go." He was like too messed up or something, and he's like, "Who wants my ticket? Who wants my ticket?" And I was like, "Um, me." And then 
He's like, yeah, yeah, take it. He's like, I'm out, I'm out. So and you I went like, to reggae on the river. I had three-day like free pass to reggae on the river. Sick. And I didn't really know reggae. It's like the biggest California it was, festival. And there was much. so many beautiful artists. Like I didn't really know reggae be- mm. apart from like Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Marcia, a few songs. But like I, re- I loved it, but I never like loved reggae. And then mm. it just that festival really transformed me, honestly. What year was it? What year? Uh, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because yeah. cool. I, I used ago. to go to reggae on the river. It was a while ago. <laughs> 2000 and... Five, I think, oh, okay. was the first time I went to a yeah. river, and I would also go to Sierra Nevada, yeah. like because I was working for Nevada. Satori Movement, right. which was like a skateboard brand that was very reggae, dreadlock, yeah. vegan style. So they would always have a booth there, and they would take me to be like their yeah. artist or whatever. So that's how I kind of like got in the scene, the California scene, but then later I got into the visionary art scene because they were also hanging out there before the visionary art scene was even fleshed out. Mm. So, uh, cool. you know, so we got similar roots that, you know, yeah. that those reggae festivals. It might have been probably the going. same time, around the same time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, then I like just, it kind of transformed my soul. Honestly, I started writing in reggae more. It just really touched me deeply. Like There's a very music. positive vibe. And the more I got, listened to reggae after, the more I got into it, the more I loved it. So, it, yeah, that was one of the turning points for me to like, because I was writing more a bit, more folk blues soul before. And now, then after that, it. I wanted to do reggae albums, so yeah. Yeah, have you ever been to Jamaica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you recorded there? I have. Um, I recorded a couple tracks there. Um, yeah, it's it was really inspiring to be there as well. I was there um, three times actually, three okay. times. Yeah. Over did the you years. record for any of your albums there? Um, I'm trying to think. Did I? I don't think I have the. Rec- I did a recording, but I didn't actually keep it I re- redid it because it was uh, a bit rushed and it was writing at the same time so mm-hmm. I polished it up later and redid it but mm-hmm. um, yeah I did um, a lot of uh, recording and songs that I wrote were some of them were from Jamaica as well so nice yeah, yeah. how do you feel about like you know reggae sometimes seems to be a very culturally tied kind of music and it's mm-hmm. opening up of course you know same with mm-hmm. Rastafarianism seems to be very much about like the black race and the Caribbean African culture, mm-hmm. but you're like, you know, a Canadian white well, woman. How does that relationship uh, dance? I feel like for me, reggae is like a spiritual heart connection and a heart connection. Like it's, it's about um, one love. It's about like a universal love and like uh, it's also revolutionary music. So, I mean, yeah, there's. I think it can. It's very international at the same time as it is. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't be limited, culture. and it, it should be should allowed be. to spread the world as the medicine that that it is. Right. Yeah. It should trans trans. Uh, what's it called? Uh, oh my gosh, what's the word? Transcultural. Yeah, it's transcultural. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I agree too. You know, yeah. as a white dreadlock dude, <laughs> I'm very much like. You well, know, you used to blast reggae. like reggae from your sound system that you would clip on when you were, we were tree planting. He had this big ghetto blaster like. Right. That was hilarious. It was awesome. Yeah, well, spreading, reggae music spreading the reggae good vibes. It's, it's yeah. so positive, you know? It's like the beat, that upbeat, upbeat, upbeat. Makes you yeah. want to bounce and kind of eat. And the lyrics many times are about like oneness and love. Inspiring. And making the world a yeah. better place. Like we need more lyrics that are healing the world. Definitely. You know, because there's so much of the opposite in the mainstream. I know. And music's so powerful. I feel like it's it's important to have like that. And how Power little reggae really way. reaches the mainstream. Yeah. And the one that yeah. does is usually the more like fire burn, kind of like yeah. gangsta, kind of yeah, modern dance hall like reggae. Yeah, dark stuff sometimes. Uh, well, well, the music industry is kind of ruled by dark forces, unfortunately. 
yeah. kind of realized over the years. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But yeah. there's always the alternative music the light. scene. Like yeah. there's, it seems like all the the healers. Well, Bob Marley definitely was transcended. Right. Well, whole. he was at a time where still they didn't shut them down. You know, mm -hmm. like 60s, 70s, even 80s, there was still light code medicine coming through the music industry. Mm. And then as the uh, dark forces, if we call them that way, ramped up to uh, keep our um, limitations happening, they're just trying to convince us of the negative side of the spectrum and less and less we can see the goodness happening. But it doesn't mean that the good music's not out there. Yeah. It's just more underground. People got to look for it. And, you know, here you are in the underground doing your music, serving your medicine. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm doing my best, yeah. So you did your first album. So, yeah, I released it. Um in 2008 and uh yeah it was a big big journey it took three years to make also my mom um died in the middle of it and it was a very intense um experience so a lot of the songs are about her um not yeah, all of them ja will make it right about ja, her right well yeah that one is like about like how you know things were gonna get better you know ja will help like find you'll help you find a way to get through this you know because losing your a close one as uh, many people know it's very difficult. You, you want to tell us a little bit of that story? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, um, I was in Montreal. My mother still lived in Alberta. And literally, I got a phone call at like 4 in the morning from my brother. It was very horrible um, that my mother was killed um, by her ex-boyfriend. So um, luckily, they caught him. He's still in jail, actually, wow. to this point, at this point. Um, but it was very, very shocking. And was it he was, her boyfriend at the time that that happened? No, they, she had broken up with him, but he had tried to get back. And she was like, no, no. And then he just went over and was like, if I can't have you, no one can have you. And he Whoa, just shot her. he just her. flipped up? Yeah, it was something like that. Something Holy like that. shit. So, yeah, it was a very, very traumatic experience for me and my family. And I uh, ended up going home for a while. I didn't know how long. So, and then I... I healed through um, music eventually, and I put a few songs about my mom on the album. Um, that Ja Make It Right, it's just about anyone going through a hard time, knowing that, you know, Ja will make it right through time, you know, don't worry. And then there's Echoes of Fall, which is more personal kind of story about my mom, um, kind of like a dark fall. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then just, like, give a little time, another another like you know don't worry your heart will heal and uh yeah so it's it was, medicine music medicine yeah. for yourself first because it was you're for me the, but I the hope creator it, i hope it can help other people of too, course you know? well as so. we resonate uh with the lyrics and intentions and vibration that you're putting out there i'm sure it's helped other people too in their own mm. process maybe not the exact same situation because we all no, got our own challenges and struggles but mm -hmm. uh just the intention of like you know going forward from the terrible struggles that life gives us. I'm so mm -hmm. sorry that that happened to you. Mm -hmm. I know you were there for me during that time too, yeah. Try my best, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we should all back each other up in any mm -hmm. way possible. Yeah. So that first album was very reggae. I love it. That's my yeah. favorite album. It's got Ja Goddess. It's yeah, got... Ja Goddess is my... My mom was actually listening to Ja Goddess because mm -hmm. I released that as a single before right. I released the album. And my mom... I was told that my mom was blasting it in her car and so oh, proud cool. of me Yeah. right before she died. So. By the way, people, these songs are all on Spotify, right? Yeah, but you can find them more on Bandcamp and Bandcamp, uh, YouTube. and YouTube, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, look for Aresha. 
iTunes. Uh, you know, and also, <laughs> of course, check her out on, on Instagram. We always put the, the, the address at hmm. the beginning of the show. Yeah, definitely. But if you're curious of any of, of any of these songs and music we're talking <laughs> about, you can find it. You know, it's not important. Are you in one of my music videos? Oh, no. I thought maybe you were in Dragottis, but no, no you didn't make the cut. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> I think I I don't know what happened at that time. Maybe it was right after my breakup with Caroline, and she was gonna be there. And I was oh, like, oh yeah, you know she what? was in like, it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> duck out on this one. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. But um, I always try to go to your, your shows, and uh, you know, uh, support. Yeah. Recently, you were on my Instagram live show for my album release uh, that I just released. Right. two days ago or totally I guess no, we'll get to your to your yeah, new yeah. album okay but okay before that i wanted you to tell me so your first one was reggae roots reggae like really roots, roots reggae yeah, yeah. and then the next two were a little bit more latino styles right um there's yeah a slightly like edge the second one Ryzen, there is um more world pop i'd say there's like there's every song is different and every song was done with a different producer there's some that are a bit reggae some that are a bit pop reggae some of that are a bit uh, there's one pure salsa mm -hmm. called and one in spanish my first song called quiero bailar solita which i helped you translate oh you did <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes you did yeah you you helped me fine tune all those lyrics and a couple give me a couple of cool suggestions in yeah. the song que paso and all that stuff yeah <laughs> cabrón, cabrón, yeah. <laughs> cabrón was my contribution <laughs> oh my god he's like don't say amor he's like Oh my god, it's like a little love, uh, it's about this couple that's, um, you know, together, quiero bailar contigo, I want to dance with you, and then by the end of the song, it's like, quiero bailar solita, so. I want to dance alone, because yeah. the guy was being unfaithful. Basically, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. like lying and unfaithful, like typical, yeah, story, and, typical and story. the next one is Raices, which is Spanish. That one, yeah, the name is Spanish, I called it that because I went to Cuba, Havana, to record, so it was really mm -hmm. beautiful, and I... There's some reggae songs. There's uh, On My Way is very reggae. It's very like roots, like almost Nyabingi um, vibes. Um, everything is, this album is was one of my favorites to do because it's all with acoustic instruments. There's a lot of really intricate percussion, like so many different types of yeah, drums and percussion. And you in did it. it entirely in Cuba? And I did upright bass. Yeah, um, 90 for 90% of it, um, I recorded a bit of uh, djembe here in Montreal on, on the road again and uh, trombone, I added a trombone. But most of it was done in Havana, and then it was mixed and mastered here in Canada. But nice. I really love that album. It's probably one of my favorites now, too. Cool. Yeah. It, was it fun? Like, how long did you stay in Cuba for that oh, one? Oh, it was amazing. I was there for two months, but it was kind of rushed because I was still working on the songs and the arrangement, but it was so fun because the people in Cuba are so musical, and they just so, so many ideas, and, like, like literally, like, 18-year-olds would be playing with me, and they're, like, prodigies, and, like, Mm -hmm. I'm like wow, I'm so blessed to be able to do this here, and it's just such good vibes and good culture. It was it was really cool. And you love that whole Latino culture. You salsa mm. dance, right? Yeah, I love. I'm really. That's like my second passion in life, like acrobatic salsa. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm looking Acro for an acrobatic salsa partner in COVID times. So. <laughs> <laughs> acrobatic salsa. That's what do you mean? You gotta <laughs> jump from building to building, or? <laughs> Well, that's another level, but uh, <laughs> no, just like, you know, like a corporate, a little bit of acrobatics, some flips, some like just fancy, like kind of fun, like moves spins where you, and... spins, but like also like flipping around and like, you know, just kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I, I learned a bit in, um, in Cali, in Colombia, they do acrobatic salsa and I just fell in love with it. So I took a few private lessons there and I was like, 
And I've always been into kind of acrobatics in general. Like, mm -hmm. I never was amazing at it, but I, I always loved it. So, mm -hmm. and then salsa music just really speaks to me. You've been through Latin America, or you said like Colombia, yeah. Cuba. Where else have you traveled in? I did America? a, like, I did that world tour in, well, it was like my South American tour in 2012. I was in Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil. Beautiful. So it was amazing. It was one of my, and most amazing experiences ever. Crazy. Yeah. How is like touring? And it, this is all like something that you were working with like a manager or did you all just make it happen yourself? Um, a little bit of both, but honestly, I did most of it on my own. You I, just uh, manifested <clears throat> like your tour and you went and you... People were receptive there more than like in Canada. Like, I've done my, booked my own cross Canada tours and it's tough, man. It takes a lot of work and it's so much so spread out the driving and like the pay is not amazing. So you don't really make anything, but like South America was really receptive. And like, there was just, I think a lot of people love music there more and like reggae and stuff like that speaks to them too. Right. Yeah. Plus the fact that you're from Canada is a little bit more special to them. It's exotic them. for them. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Oh, a Canadian reggae artist. Let's yeah. see what she's got. While in Canada, there's like, uh, she's from our country. Like they, they, they never, yeah. you never really get so appreciated in your own land, yeah. unfortunately. I know. Right? And then recently, I think even this year, you were in Mexico, no? Yeah, I, I was in Mexico, um, in working on music in Tulum area, I think. Tulum, yeah, the river, the beautiful Tulum, magical. So yeah, I was just working on music there. I was playing a few shows on beach clubs and restaurants, and because um, it's pretty wealthy out there, huh? so you could find some gigs and hmm. even get paid, maybe like. What? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It paid for my trip there, like to be there. It was amazing. I feel so blessed to. It was really like amazing, and then I came home early because of COVID, but because all the shows got canceled anyway. You so. hit me up when I was in Peru. I know, and I got like, so I had torn. just got stuck that week in Peru, and and you were like. Should Yo, I stay Chris, or should up? I go? Should, should I stay in, 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 in Mexico? I was like, dude, like, whatever you do, do it now because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, if you want to, like, you know, spend spring and summer in Canada, mm -hmm. buy a ticket and leave, like, today. Yeah. If yeah. not, you'll be like me where I'm going to stuck here for yeah, months. Yeah, that was... Uh, or you could have just been stuck in Tulum for months and that would have been kind of nice and chill being at the beach. You know? on either way, it would have been okay, but I did. Mm. it was a difficult decision because I think it was one of the most difficult decisions I had to make because it was so sudden and like all the borders are closing and so much pressure and my whole family was like freaking out and everyone's like, you have to come home, but I didn't want to be in that fear making my decision. Right. So it really was hard. I had to really like take the time to meditate. and We really didn't like, know how hard the is, viral was going to be yeah, either. Like, and like go with my the, tuition. And, and, or like if there would be like proper hospitals to help us. Or... Yeah. We didn't know. Like it was all like blown up then and like mm -hmm. mysterious and yeah. So... Do you, so I, do you think it was a good decision to come I, back home? Yeah, and I literally I followed my intuition in the end. It was like people. I kept changing my mind every day. I went from like flip flop, and then finally I just went with my intuition. And I was sometimes my intuition would change, but then in the end it was like go. So I just went, and I'm glad I came back because Montreal is amazing in the summer. Yeah. And uh, I kind of missed. I like my house. I like my home. I like I was working on music. I I got to prep, play a little bit of bandura, practice a little bit of this because I didn't take this with me traveling. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just focus on creation and getting better at certain instruments and stuff. And do you think you'll go back to Mexico this winter or somewhere else? Like, do you think you'll travel this winter I would despite like to. the situation of the world? You know what? I'm not holding my breath, but I I might I would like to go back to somewhere tropical. I might go to Portugal this time. I have actually a family member from 
it's like a distant cousin that I've never met that has been inviting me forever. And he has like, he lives on the beach touristy area. And he says, it's not much as many tourists, but he's like, you can stay with me and uh, I can help you book some shows. And nice. So I'm thinking about that. Or I might go back to Tulum. I really love it there. It's special. It's beautiful. And, mm -hmm. and Mexico is a little bit more chill about the, the whole border and the whole yeah. COVID situation, right? Yeah. So we'll see. But I also am prepared to stay here if things get really crazy and just focus on working on music, maybe record some new things, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I hope you what find your best flow for all of that. Thank you, yeah. So, too. continuing through yeah, so many... your different albums, because <laughs> I find it very interesting that you started, like, you know, reggae, and then you go into more, like, you know, salsa Latino flavors, but uh -huh. now your last album uh -huh. is totally different. It's back to reggae. Back to reggae, but, like, Ukrainian mode, right? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's literally, like, the drums and bass, like, Sly and Robbie, like, bass and drums, like, full-on roots reggae, and then... Yeah. I added some Ukrainian instrumentation, like um, traditional instruments from Ukraine. This one, bandura, it's 65 string instrument from like the 6th century. 6th so really century? Like this, 65 this. strings. Like how do you even learn how to play that? It's, it's crazy. It's very, very challenging, but it's so beautiful. I fell in love with it. So that's why I, I smuggled one back, kind of like snuck it back anyway. It's from Ukraine back here. And then um, I also have this this mallet instrument. It's called cymbalum. It's like dulcimer. That you, so... Um, my friend Igor Brukal played on that, and so they're both on the album, and so there's like, they're kind of playing the lead and like the bubble that the keyboards would play normally. Mm -hmm. So it's incorporated into a reggae style. So, but that's, yeah, so I went back to my root, my roots are Ukrainian, and I reconnected with some of my family from the first time. So you went to the Ukraine? Actually, the, the distant cousin of mine in Portugal, he's the one that found us and told us our family's name from my mother's side. This is my mother's side, and I literally met my family, ancestral family, for the first time wow. by accident. We were just going to, my brother and cousin and I were looking for our great-grandfather's grave in this town that we knew that he was born and grew up in. And then we met some strangers and they were like, oh, yeah, we know that name. Yeah, we, they're here. Yeah, yeah, we'll call them. Wow. So they called them and then we're like, okay. And then they're like, yeah, they're coming. And we're what? like, uh, okay. So, so what were they, like uncles, cousins? like? Honestly, I don't know exactly, but the distant cousins, distant right. cousins, but... um. It was insane because, like, they looked like the the lady that, like, my cousin, she looked like my mom a little bit. I was Whoa. Like, wow. And I was just kind of mouth dropped and they were, like, so happy. And then we talked a little bit. They didn't speak any English. Yeah. Did you um, speak Ukrainian? Yeah. I did a, enough to get, or you know, I can speak, I can speak enough. And then um, they were like, do you want to meet the whole family? So we went back to their house and, like, the kind of mother of the, our cousin, the grand, kind of grandmother lady, she was so just beaming, so full of joy. And like they had the table full of food and we were singing wow. songs and showing photographs and just. How is Ukraine? Ukraine? Um, it's Eastern Europe, right? Yep, yep. Ukraine is, it's. Where is it around? Like. Okay, so it's east of Poland. It's right next to the Black Sea. So the Black Sea on the south side is Turkey. On the north side is Ukraine. Okay. And um, how is Ukraine? I mean, like. The interior in the West is, is, is pretty normal, but there's um, definitely unrest and war going on around the borders still. And it's former Soviet Union? Yeah, but it was Ukraine before the right. Soviet Union. <laughs> but they were like under the Soviet yeah. Union for like how yeah, long no, did that last? There's okay. a conflict with Russia, you know, at the border again. So it's constantly, it's all the turmoil and stuff like that. So actually that's why I wanted to kind of do a reggae Ukrainian album because spread some reggae vibes there. There's not that much reggae going on there yet. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you made the album. Like, so I went back there. And, yeah, I went back there and I recorded the bed tracks, um, all the bandura, the simulum. I did my scratch vocals, a couple lead tracks and 
then I came back here and then I did some touring and then I went when I went to Mexico I went back to Havana to finish re recording my vocals and just kind of piece it together mm -hmm. yeah so it's very exciting yeah that's cool you went to Havana to do vocals I for was, your Ukraine you know it's it's such well a travel and one, have fun <laughs> huh? <laughs> well it's like it's it's the same price or cheaper to do it there and it's so much more fun and I was already in Mexico it was an hour flight it was very Talk affordable cool. and I just decided yeah I might, let's do it so, yeah, I love it how you're so uh, <laughs> such a traveler and international uh, and like trying to mix all these cultures together while you're producing an album. That, I'm the you. same vibe with my art. Yeah, you know? like yeah. my, my painting will be so much richer if it's the outcome of a whole trip in a new land that taught me some mm. lessons and the painting's kind of like a mini essay for it. As an album, yeah. I imagine would be a little bit of a... Uh, this is my presentation for the investigations in this country I've made. Yeah. But the um, tell me about the songs on the album. There's some songs from the other albums that you kind of like yes. revamped, but in Ukrainian mode, right? Yep. Yeah. So actually, um, yeah, from each album, there's a couple songs that I re redid in Ukrainian. I got translators to help me translate into poetry and then adding those, those two instruments to it. So and then I have a couple other tracks and then a couple... Uh, um, cover songs that are famous in Ukraine that I made into reggae versions. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Nice. And the first time doing cover songs on an album, so. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was cool. You yeah. just released it this week. Yeah. So probably it's not even out there quite yet. And well, it's out there now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean like... Oh, out in you, Ukraine and Out in the Ukraine, and, and I wonder what's the reaction from Ukrainians to yeah. hear their traditional songs done into reggae. Yeah. Like, I guess we're not at that stage yet, but maybe by the time this show out, comes yeah. out in yeah. like, you know, a month or two, because this show, you know, uh, you know, takes a while to come out. But, uh, you know, you'll find out, you know, you know, mm. if they loved it, they hated it, or they, they, you know, maybe you'll make a big new fan base based in Ukraine. Yeah, that's... The... You've done a lot of Ukrainian festivals, right? Yeah, in, in Canada, I've done a lot. I did the whole circuit last summer, so it was really, really cool, really fun to How do that. How was that? That was amazing, actually. It was very well-received. They thought it was so interesting, Ukrainian reggae. They thought it was really, like, cool. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, yeah. and that's great that you also yeah. got that niche that also brings you more jobs. It's and funny because I was just doing what, what... This one was more, like, personal album. Like, I just did what caught my heart called me to do. And it's funny. Maybe sometimes those are the best right. what things that you can do to, like... Well, when you show it's your something. uniqueness, then you'll find a, a fan base that is uh, aligned or, you know, reflective of that yeah. particular thing you're putting out there. And I'm sure there's a new generation of Ukrainians that are ready for a new flavor, too. Yeah. While Definitely. not totally abandoning their culture. True, true. So how is it being in general being a musician? I got a lot of musician mm. friends, and I know that being a musician is a lot harder to make us a career than say a visual artist. Cause mm. say like uh, us painters can make a painting and you can sell a painting and that can maybe you know, cover a month of rent. Mm -hmm. While a musician, like it's hard to sell a song these days or even mm. a CD, it seems to be like a challenge because people are so used to getting their music for free. Mm -hmm. And so you're almost like forced to travel and tour, but you almost can't do that till you're your albums are sold first. It's a complicated equation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you're me right, you're right. It. You know it. Um, it's a very difficult industry. Um, it's actually gotten harder since I started. When I first started, it was hard, but it was... You would make your money from touring, and you would sell your albums on the tour, so you would make back some money. I don't think you would make back all of it that we put into an album, but um, now it's like over the years, like... 
people don't buy albums anymore, so people don't even buy your songs on iTunes that much. So I really, if you want to support an artist, I recommend you buy their, go to their Bandcamp or their album because if you just, even if you just buy one song for a dollar, like you're, they need like hundreds of plays on Spotify to get that same amount. Mm -hmm. It's really low. And now with COVID, like now you can't even do shows. Like you can't yeah, even get paid show, to do a tour. So the music industry, ew, it's a tough time. A lot of people are taking a break. Um, bookers, record labels, all that is like, and then musicians, um, I, I don't know. I think it's a good time to create right now. But yeah, it's, a, it's not an easy industry. So like uh, definitely um, don't do it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. But that's something that I really <laughs> but, uh, love about you, Aresha, because, you know, I don't want to put a label on like success or not success because success is something that we define ourselves by waking up in the morning and doing what you love. That's the definition of success to me. But, you know, then we could also be like, oh, well, I want to, uh, you know, success for me could be like playing this big concert hall or selling a million albums. Different people can like decide what success would means to them or like paying all my bills from there. So these are all relative to the individual and what are their mm. goals. But no matter what you've achieved when the financials are, you've always kept on doing it. Mm. You always kept on arranging your tours. You always put down the next <laughs> album. Like no one's going to turn away the passion of your fire of creation and mm. putting it out there regardless mm. of the Babylon uh, aspects of trying to sell it and making yeah. money from it. Yeah, um, no, And I always true. respect that a no, lot. Thank you, know? you. Thank you. Yeah. You see it as, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like a lot of musicians are, do, are in the same boat. We just do it. It just, we love it so much and we just, it just, it feels so good to create and, and release and share and share that, that music that we, we just do it and then we figure we figure out a way. We figure out a way to make it happen, make it work. And The passionate ones, because yeah. there's ones that don't continue. Like I, I always think of like whatever happened to our friend Mark Jaffe from like Inward. I know he still plays his guitar in his uh, cabin, and <laughs> yeah. but he used to have a really good band Inward that we were all mm. big fans of and they could have made it huge, as, as huge as any California band really if they would have gotten the same opportunities. Yeah, you know Montreal's not the city Tough. maybe that gives you the biggest opportunities. You kind of gotta go out there and play the game in the bigger cities. Yeah, perhaps it's a tough game. It's not for everyone. It's it's yeah. really really tough. Like it can be really demoralizing. I almost gave up on music. I did. I took a break for the first time. I never thought I would do that after my third album, Raisis. Ooh, I just like I put so much money and energy into it, and then I had like so many backstabbing industry kind of really. I didn't really think that everyone like the industry was that bad and then it happened to me and then it was just like wow it just really uh changed my uh perspective it kind of broke me down a little bit because uh to be honest as an artist it was I took I just took a break and that's when I did essential oils I was uh really into natural health and like herbs I studied herbal medicine as well earlier and I kind of went back into that for a little bit and then but then I was like, no, actually, I really miss music. Uh, I, started, I played a show, and I was like, oh, my God, I love this. I miss this. So I, I, I got back into it again. So, mm -hmm. but, yeah. Well, I'm happy you did, yeah, you yeah. know, because... A few months later, yeah. We got to do what makes us happy and what's, like, passionate and creative. Like, that's just healthy for us. And it's healthy for me to see my friends following their heart, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, that inspires me to keep on going yeah. and, and everybody else. And... I'm so, um, you know, I don't get that bummed you out. You work like, so hard too. Like you work 
you know, one of the hardest worker, working artists I'm, I've met. You know, and thank you. I'm so grateful for your success now and oh, your thanks. continued thank expansion. You. And yeah, you it's know, great. We, we're following our hearts, and yeah. I think if you're really like you're passionate and you're doing what you love, then the abundance just kind of like falls into place, kind of like because it just seems to uh, manifest from the universe. But yeah. I like how you've kept on pushing. Uh, and as I said, like, you know, say like somebody like Mark, who I love and who I think who's so talented, I get mm. a little bit bummed out. It's like, ah, oh, he could have made it. Mm. But then like, what does it take? Did he have to like move cities and not live a chill life in the country like he's doing right now? And maybe sold out his music a little bit to be more commercial and palatable. And, you know, it seems like the artists that really make it big, big, mm -hmm. they got to kind of sell their soul. And not just their soul, but they probably got to do some really gnarly, dirty things in order to make it to the top, top. It's really weird because I never really believed all of it. I was like, oh, but there's always artists that, but I'm like, no, I'm really like after this, these years, I don't know, maybe it is really tough. Like it's really hard not to yeah, sell your soul and, and be at the top. I don't know. Yeah. And Very we difficult. can go as down, down that uh, path of selling your soul to the devil <laughs> And, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking, and sometimes you're not <laughs> realistic speaking in this uh, crazy world. Well, yeah, yeah. But let's not I mean, go down are there. Coming out. Yeah, no. It's very nah. depressive. Free Britney! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. So I love how you travel. We, we touched a little bit on, on, yeah. on doing, like, uh, your albums in Cuba and yeah. Ukraine, doing yeah. tours and... Uh, in South America, you might go to Portugal. Where mm -hmm. else have you traveled that's inspired you um, around the world or that's touched you musically or creatively? Honestly, like I, I, would, I haven't been to Asia yet, but um, Morocco was very trippy. I went there. That's another country I'd like to go back to. Um, I thought the drumming was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to, I would love to go to West Africa. Like actually that's, I think my next big trip on my list when things calm down with this international COVID situation. But yeah, mm -hmm. would love to go there and do some music. Nice. Yeah. Well, if you go to Portugal, you're not too far I'm away. I'm not too far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll like see. Yeah. Morocco's just like across. Take a little you know? boat over. Yeah, yeah sick. You'd <laughs> we'll be see, like yeah. the alchemist. You know, that'd be yeah. so fun. I hope you. I hope you. You go out there and you keep on exploring the world. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You too. You've been everywhere. You've been to Russia and. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's. I love traveling, and I miss traveling. And I hope this year's been the year I've traveled the least in a long time, but it's been good too. Mm -hmm. I, I I love I loved spending a summer in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just get to focus on my on my projects and. You know, not be Ground like Chris Dyer, the famous artist, the performing mm -hmm. for just, everyone. Just yeah. like just being me and chill. Just ground down too. And like <laughs> it's funny that like in Montreal, people don't really even know me that much. So, like, I go out in the streets, <laughs> no one knows me. So I'm just like a unknown whatever dude, really? which is very relaxing. Ah, some people know me, but like, yeah. it's not like say like if I went to Colorado. Oh yeah. Everybody knows me there. Almost, okay, cool, you know? yeah. So it's a different scenario, and that kind of like perspective on me from other people might fuck with me a little bit. Mm -hmm. For good or for bad, I don't know. But, Sometimes a bit uh, much, yeah. But I like Break. Montreal. That's just kind of like chill. There's, super chill. There's so many artists that know he's gonna be like, oh, he's an artist. It's like, yeah, like every just other. Like 95 person. of everyone. <laughs> it's, a, it's a city of artists. It's a city of dreamers. So yeah. we all just kind of like, you know, 
good for you. Go and do your art and no big deal. <laughs> right? That's what I love about it too. It's so chill. Totally. So you're telling me that uh, um, between your third and your fourth album, you were doing some uh, some side hustles and jobs. Okay, yeah. One yeah. was the <laughs> essential oil situation. Yeah, but that was very short. That was more like um, a passion and stuff like that. You didn't like it in the end? Well, I don't want to work for another company. I was working for a company and I just felt like it would take up a lot of my time if I wanted to do it seriously. So I just said, nah, you know, I'm interested. I still, I still buy essential oils often and use them all the time for all my cleaning, my personal stuff. I make my own products and stuff like that. I actually sell um, my own products, Body Temple Oils on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And actually the art, I created the artwork for that. Oh, if you want to see it, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so I make like, um, like hand body butter, face cream, lip balm, um, like beauty serum for your face, um, sunscreen. And then that's kind of a really side hustle. And then I also um, teach, I, my main thing right now is I'm teaching music. I'm teaching piano, I'm teaching voice, I'm teaching guitar, mm. and I'm even teaching ukulele. Which, oh, beautiful. Yeah. I need to learn a new ukulele song. I only got one fucking okay, song. Okay, well, I'll teach you, yeah. Yeah, I got my ukulele at home. Okay, we'll do this. I don't know if we one. get, I guess we don't have the time for me to do it before I go to Peru, because you're going to British Columbia tomorrow. Yeah. Or, and then I'm going to Peru soon. Yeah. Too bad, because like, I only know, don't worry, be happy. Are you bringing your I bring ukulele? my ukulele. But okay, I need I'll send you a video. Yeah, I'll I need like some kind of shamanic song or something. Something positive and spiritual. Send me the song and, and I'll, I'll, show, I'll do video. I'm going to be in the jungle by myself for a minute. So at least if I <laughs> can practice my ukulele and get yeah. one more song, that would be good. Good. Fun. Yeah. So yeah, I'm doing mostly, yeah, music. It's, I wanted to keep it music. So actually, I really enjoy teaching. It's it's really nice side. It's it's yeah. great to see people inspired and learning and want to play and creating. and Keep on spreading the, so. the creativity for other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Empower them. I love teaching myself. That's yeah. probably like my favorite thing from all my art jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, well, other than actually making the art. Yeah. But like teaching it to other people yeah, and yeah. empowering them and then exactly. seeing them like blossom into their own artistic uh, exactly, entities yeah. is like, whoa, so cool. It's so beautiful. It's so, it's so touching. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, it makes me really happy. And um, yeah, I also make desserts, um, different types of specialty desserts. I focus on vegan, gluten-free, um, sometimes sugar-free, depending on your diet, doing different events, sometimes weddings. I even make edibles. So yeah, just different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much for all those services. You're also a little bit of an activist, right? Yeah, I mean... Like your plight would be 5G, I think, right? Or well, that's what you've been I'm focusing concerned on? With, I'm a bit concerned with 5G, to be honest, yeah. I've okay. done a lot of research. I've listened to a lot of different science and, and seminars and stuff. and yeah tell me about it because I, I i know that 5g mm -hmm. for example is a wireless internet situation that's almost like a hundred times more strong than yeah. 4g yeah so it could be challenging for a nervous system could be challenging for bees and birds and whatnot yeah. so it could be observed from a negative point of view that's it exactly that's part, that's the basis of it um they want to roll it out they're starting to roll out antennas there's the they're ugly too they're just like big ass antennas on top of buildings everywhere yeah. it's like that can't be too healthy for the people living in those and there's also the starlink satellites that are being set up everywhere already a lot of them thousands of them already up all over the world basically for the the cars that they want to have self-automated cars that's the main reason that 5g is existing but they they're pushing it also well, that's not that's what they're saying that the main reason is i mean i don't want to get into like agenda stuff but um 
basically they're going to be able to um, see everything like a grid um, with the 5G, but there's um, they haven't done any tests on it. There's no long-term studies done on it. Long-term studies are, are coming out on 3G and 4G right now, and there's mm. direct links to cancer. Um, you're never supposed to have your phone in your pocket, for instance. Like you're never so you're always supposed to have your phone like a foot away from you at all times. Um, mm. So that's with 3G, 4G. So imagine that plus the 5G, which is like 100 or 1,000 times stronger sometimes. The spectrum, they have, just haven't done enough testing. So I recommend everyone to kind of do more research. I know there's a lot of censorship going on right now because unfortunately our rights are kind of being stripped from us, which is very scary. It's something that's very concerning. But um, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't really have faith in the, the 5G. I would like to maybe stay away from that. But can, can we fight it? There's always a way. There's always a way. Can we really stop Bell and well, Mac and iPhones and, ev and everybody <laughs> who's saying like 5G is coming, like the ads are around yeah. us. No one's asking us. They're preparing us. They're preparing us. I'm sure it's going to roll out. Like it's going to take a revolution to stop it. But, but who's down to go out there and throw rocks you know at antennas gonna, these days? You know? like, well, there's like, always going to be so some busy. people. There's going to be some people, but uh, I think it's good to just talk about it and be aware of it. And when people start getting health effects and stuff like that from it, then maybe Will, will they listen to like experts who are showing evidence that it's an unhealthy thing? They have no the telecom industry that are doing the funding that are telling us that it's safe, that it's no, not thermal, and that it doesn't um, destroy DNA because it's not like, past a certain point of like. Um, they actually did zero studies on humans, zero testing on uh, like. People, they just did mm -hmm. a, like a basically a heat test, a thermal test. Right. So there's no real test, and they admit it. They admit it. Right. Well, when they when they're confronted by it, there's. A it's couple. not that I don't want to fight about it, you know. Like I'll sign the petitions. I'll you know I'll go to protests, but I'm always thinking like, but will they actually hear us? Did they hear us when we're protesting against the Iraq War? Do uh, they hear us about us like saying like, hey, can we like get more science about this mask I situation? I think so. Power to the people, man. We gotta unite. That's the thing. Right now we're being separated. We're being isolated. Even like we're being divided. Like look at the U.S. Like. The election like people are on both sides and it's like no we that's not it's not about who is right or who's better it's about finding a middle ground finding a common like humanity theme we need to bring back the humanity into it mm -hmm. into our situation right now but do you think maybe like you know uh we could you know say we can't stop 5g and 5g just becomes part of our world the antennas mm -hmm. are up the satellites are up the technology is out and we don't <laughs> like it but they'll be like sorry it's here and mm. you just gotta like eat it and we're gonna be like okay do you think we can adapt do you think the human being will be able to adapt to these new yeah. vibrations and not only not only adapt but maybe i mean i've heard this in some interviews from my friend ben stewart on gaia tv who i hope to interview next month because he's going to be in peru with me mm. um that it actually like releases more DMT than usual when you're like affected by these things. It actually is releasing mm. DMT in your brain, making you more spiritual, right? Yeah, yeah. Turning you into so more dimension. The solution is to get to 5D, and right. then you can you can evolve from and not be affected by the radiation. I think some people are more sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies than others. So some people will be really affected, and some people are more like tough or have that kind of elevated um, energetic. Um, some people are going to suffer. 
Yeah, I'm worried about some people. I don't think I'm that sensitive, but I am sensitive too. So we'll see, you know, but... Um, and we got our magic crystals to protect us. Yeah, Organite, they say, is really good for electromagnetic frequency protection. There's also going to be curtain, there's already curtains you can buy and stuff like that so that you can at least sleep without 5G to protect your bubble mm -hmm. to, from electro. They say, you know, turn off your phone at night and stuff like that. Right, already. I always put it on airplane mode when I go to sleep because I do yeah. want it by the side of my table so I can see what oh. time it is. Is when I yeah, get alarm and stuff. Yeah, right, alarm and such. So I don't know. Like, I I I don't like it. I don't prefer it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they will listen to me or anyone who says that we don't want it. So I'm just trying to prepare myself. Okay, so how can I make myself into some kind of superhuman that not Meditation. only could adapt through the new vibrations they're putting out, but actually become even more empowered through the new channels of. Uh, invisible interconnectivity that happening around the planet. Mm. Uh, I, 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 I can't remember who told me this, that when this 5G happens, it kind of like makes your, wanna, your body want to detoxify. Okay. But because we don't detoxify so often, if it, it, the, the toxins might come up and they might get into places of our body that might just make unhealthy. Uh -huh. That's why I'm always into like my shamanic well, that's practices. It. The more metal you have in you, the more the 5G, 5G will affect you as well, right? Okay. So it's good to detox right now. Right. Really like, good. So detox is important yeah. no matter <laughs> what, but especially in this especially world, now, yeah. you know, let's yeah. like try to get all that junk out of us. Mm. And that's why I'm going to the jungle at the end of this month and just doing dietas and, you know, et cetera, all these shamanic practices too yeah liberate us from Elevates. any suffering you know i don't want to suffer i don't want anyone to suffer i would like to think that uh, powerful technologies and ai and whatever in the hands of conscious beautiful spiritual mm -hmm. well-intended people could actually be a positive thing for humanity that relieves us from jobs that we might not enjoy and maybe great communication it could be a positive things if in the hands of positive people uh, sadly that's what enough, I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about. Sadly <laughs> enough, the people like Who's pulling our like, strings rule, right now. <laughs> like, the people ruling the game are not as positive as we would like them to be. But they're still humans, and they're still God, and we gotta have some faith that maybe they too will awaken and become good, and then we can use these technologies to just live a really chill, happy human future. So I can't. I can't just always just project and vibrate the negative future that could happen just mm -hmm. because these technologies are being set up. Yeah. I have to have faith uh, yeah. and optimism. I do. I have faith too. I, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm like concerned, but I'm not worried. I don't play in that energy of worry. It doesn't help anything. Right. So, but it's good yeah. to talk about it. It's definitely good to, yeah, to talk about it. it. Hey, can things. we talk a little bit more sure. about this 5G? What's it about? Yeah. Can we, let's yeah, do more yeah, studies. Yeah. Can we like do a little more tests before yeah. you just fucking shut Can I have a faces? say of whether or not it's going to be like on my building or my street, like, right. we, you know what I mean? I Stuff know. like that. It's important, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good issue. So thank yeah. you for, so much for uh, doing that yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're coming to the end of our show. Okay. Is there any, you know, final words of wisdom you'd have for our viewers? Wow, um, wisdom. <laughs> you know, I always like to ask my, my viewers, you know, if they think that art and music can help heal the world, um, mm. you know, the topic of, music and all these beautiful things that you do what do you like to say to our viewers today i think like in these times that we're in i think it's good for you to tap into your artistic and creative kind of zones whether it's music or art or dance just something that you can express yourself and kind of like we're in crazy times right now and uh staying home and we need to like we need to express and like do what brings a little bit of joy and i think that 
the mundaneness of staying at home, we are losing that creativity. So I think it's really important to to kind of dig into that, like to kind of develop it, even if you haven't touched there. So yeah, mm, beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Arisha. Oh, Woo! blessings. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a good time. Please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, follow my guests. And yeah, definitely tune in next week. I'll see you next time. Blessings. Bless. Woo. Oh. is not like the illest or the most it's more like it's it's got roots and it has real blood history it's not a hype spot because of the hype it's known because it has decades and decades of of stories you right. know it's a spiritual spot like it's very spiritual you know like it's not for everybody though like i said a lot of people say oh it's hard to skate da, da, da. yes it's hard to skate that's it's go to any surfer that surfs big waves every wave's hard to, to, to ride that's why they surf them they right the challenge is the beauty so make sure to subscribe like and everything else big thanks and see you next week Peace!